Hi, this is writer, producer, director Paul J. Salamoff, and I'm here with Sci-Fi Sisters. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Sisters podcast, where we give you our point of view. I'm Tamia Harper, and today I'm joined by my sister, Sabrina Wood. Whoop, whoop. I almost called you Yvette Blackman, Tom. You I heard it. That, I right? saw your lips. I saw your lips going there. I was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I'm just, well, we miss you, Yvette. And we also miss you, miss Fran. Fran. We miss you guys so much, but we're excited to be here because we have a great guest and he's only, catch this folks, only the second person to ever make a comeback appearance on our show. And we're so excited to have him back today to talk, believe it or not, of all things coming from the Sci-Fi Sisters, some Doctor Who. Doctor Who! (laughs) So Sabrina, I'm going to let you introduce our guest. All right, everybody. You already heard a little bit about what he does. He is a writer, director, producer. He does sci- even does special effects. He is an author. He is like my new best friend. It is my <laughs> former instructor at the New York Film Academy. This is a man that is a taught me how to write screenplays. This is Paul J. Salamoff. Yay, Yay, Paul! Thank you for having me back. I don't know why you want me for a Doctor Who. <laughs> Whatever, we'll make it work. Oh, no. For those of you who are listening to us, you should see this man's background. And he Ooh. is in the TARDIS at the moment, and he's surrounded by some Daleks and all sorts of Doctor Who accoutrement. I see things that I'm even recognizing for the last 48 hours that I have been double dosing Doctor Who. Getting ready for the show. As you should be. <laughs> so here's the thing. I mean, like full confession, as everybody knows who listens to us, we are hardcore Trekkies. We dabble maybe a pinky toe or so. Some of us more than others. Some of us have a whole foot and a leg in the Doctor mm-hmm. Who pool. And, um, you know, and some of us are not even a pinky toe. So, <laughs> so you know, so like, why are we doing this special? Why are we doing this show? The show we want to do this show because it's coming up on the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. It is one of the most, arguably one of the, it's one of the most important franchises, sci-fi franchises of all time, and uh, one of the most enduring, and one of the ones that seems to be able to continue to reinvent itself even though it's still like you're still getting a lot of the same old same old but i mean uh it, and it's an incredible show so we brought you on so we can talk about it so let's start at the beginning when did your fascination with doctor who begin were you a kid or were you like a preteen or a teen and go "Ooh, that's cool oh you no, know? no i, I mean not to imply that you're old i'm just saying that i didn't <laughs> i didn't get into thinking doctor who was cool until like high school for me and i was watching it on um on pbs yeah Yes, mm, that's right. right. That's right. Yeah, well, I'm already on my fourth regeneration right now, so <laughs> <laughs> I still feel very young. Um, yeah, so I grew up on the East Coast. I grew up in um, uh, a town called Natick, which is sort of a suburb of Boston. And yeah, we had 
PBS, we had public broadcasting you know, system, and that was the only place you could really see Doctor Who. Um, and um, what was really great, so here's the thing. I grew up in one of the biggest sports communities in New England, which, you know, a Heisman Trophy uh, winner Doug Flutie came, you know, went to my high school. And, uh, you know, here I am, a big uh, geek, you know, because I saw Star Wars when I was uh, five years old in its original run. That's right. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, and, um, you know, just really, that's where I really fell in love with science fiction. And I stumbled across this program with this guy with those long scarf and, you know, this big brown jacket and curly, you know, curly hair. And this was a show called Doctor Who. And it was like monsters and this guy traveled in time and space. And it was, you know, on PBS. And I like instantly like, wow, what is this? You know, <laughs> monsters and and what was really interesting about how they showed Doctor Who when I was growing up is that they started with the first season of Tom Baker, right? Which they started with Robot, and they would go all the way to the end of that season, and then they would just start over again. And then by the time you got to the end of the season, they'd get a new season. So you would watch, you would watch the that first Tom Baker season watch the new one then they would start all over again and then they would just keep on and that's how they would do it and so I got to see like some of these episodes over and over and over again and I absolutely loved it and you know then uh eventually they got um let's see they went from Tom Baker they did Peter Davison and then we so we got Peter Davison and then they got John Pertwee so it went back to John Pertwee. Um, and, and I think I don't ever remember them showing, uh, Colin Baker. And I think by the time I, uh, at that point, I had, you know, come out to California to go to college. But, um, I, I like, look, I was, I was obsessed with Doctor Who from the minute I saw it. And, um, I mean, I would go to Doctor Who conventions on the East Coast. I, I built, I built a canine. For a Doctor Who convention, nice. I think it was in New okay. Hampshire or something. <laughs> I convinced my parents, and I was part of the Doctor Who fan club. I still have stuff from that. I still have like all my Doctor Who like magazines, but I also had these like newspapers that this Doctor Who fan club would do. I still have. Wow! Them. Oh yeah. my I mean, god! My, as you can see, obviously behind me. I mean, this is that's not fake behind you, folks. That is the actual real TARDIS console from the '96 Paul McGann TV movie. And uh, a Dalek that I built, and uh, and that's that's just you're not seeing what's over there. Right? <laughs> that's that's crazy! Very, that's just insane. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure we'll cover like how I got the TARDIS console, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I've, just, I've been a lifelong fan of, of of the you know of the series. Uh, I find it just absolutely magical in the sense that yeah, it can constantly reinvent itself. And, you know, if you don't like this doctor, we'll just wait a couple of years. <laughs> we, you know, we, generation. You know, there's lots of stuff to catch up on. I, I have a cabinet over there with all the, uh, you know, DVDs and Blu-rays. Um, but oh, my God. It just really captured my imagination. And, you know, now I, I've, you know, as a, as a grown-up, I actually wrote a Doctor Who audio adventure for Big Finish. Um, nice. And- I wrote a Doctor Who uh, comic book um, that was sort of a bio comic on on a couple of the doctors, and I've appeared in uh, lots of different Doctor Who books, like Behind the Sofa and <laughs> cool. uh, Red, White, and Who, 
Uh, and actually, in one of the newer issues of TARDIS uh, magazine, here I'll show you this really quickly. They they did. A, He's asking a, why did we have him come back for this show? Yeah. This is why. <laughs> so they did a, a whole retrospective on uh, us. Um, you know, me, my friend Brian Wiga and Bob Mitch. Um, they were the ones who helped me restore the TARDIS console when I when I got it, and you know they always wow. helped. That is incredible. Yeah, that console. Like <laughs> you know, I've I've taken that to you know New York <laughs> to the LIHU convention. It's gone to Oklahoma. It's gone to oh Texas. God. It's gone to Los Angeles. I mean, it's uh, San Diego. I mean, it's gone to a bunch of different um, places because I love to share it. I know what it means to have something like that. Right. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. I know. I would want yeah. my picture taken with that. So next time I come to your house, like, which would be the <laughs> first time. Right, <laughs> and, and you know what's really awesome too is I literally have had a lot of luminaries Doctor Who over to my house. Uh, Sylvester McCoy's been over here twice. Um, uh, Fraser Hines, who's Jamie, is really one of my close friends. He's been over here a number of times. Wow. Uh, Sergeant Benton, John Levine used to Uh-oh. live right down the street. Um, and, uh, also Daphne Ashbrook used to live down the street. She's oh, now wow. back in New York. So Daphne Ashbrook, who is, you know, uh, the companion in the Doctor Who movie. And oh, okay. I've been told that Paul McGann's going to come here sometime soon when he's back in town. So, I mean, that's, that's I mean, crazy. look, for somebody who's been a Doctor Who fan since, like I said, I was like five years old. I mean, is that, freaking amazing i know right it's so cool i mean there's so there's so many similarities to um that i'm finding like in your story to my to our trek fandom but one of the things that you said that really stuck out to me is that like if you don't like this doctor just wait a little bit there's gonna be another (laughs) one it's just like there's a trek there's a star trek for everybody you know like there's a a, and there's a doctor who for everybody too i know that some people are way more into classic doctor who and some people are way more into the more modern Modern Doctor Who and some people are into all of it, you know, like yourself. Like, I mean, I think the 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 story writing is the 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 storytelling is so wonderful in Doctor Who. And so, I mean, like you're always getting something pretty meaty to chew on. Now, do you know, are you aware that when it originally started, you know, in the 60s, it was designed to be a kid's program to educate them on history? That that's what when it first started. Yeah, I did yeah. not know that. So in in but then as soon as the Daleks showed up, you know it was. Sort of, <laughs> All bets were off then, right? <laughs> I mean that's why a lot of the in the earlier seasons, you know, it's a lot of historic historic stories. Ah. That was the reason for it because it was originally like sort of kind of obviously to entertain, but but to really kind of like talk about history. Okay. You know, so, okay. Yeah. That's really that, 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 that one out the window. <laughs> well, since you're like, since you're, since we're on the the early Doctor Who, let's talk about that. Let's do like a a little brief because you know I know a lot of our listeners are actually Doctor Who fans, but I know a lot of our listeners are not as well. Yeah. So I know that we have covered a little bit of Doctor Who before, but can you give us like a brief rundown, like a brief little history? Um, okay, yeah, so it started, uh, the first episode in Unearthly Child um, uh, literally aired, I think it was like three days after Kennedy was assassinated. I mean, something like, that's right, like that. Right. Yeah, I should probably know that, you know, in grain, but that's November, you know. Um, uh, and um, 
so William Hartnell was the first doctor and, uh, you know, like those were the ones in black and white. And he was sort of this old crotchety grandfather, you know, type character. And, you know, what was happening though was, was Hartnell was getting old, you know, was getting, he was already advanced in his yeah. you know, age. And someone came up with a brilliant idea of like, well, this guy is, you know, uh, you know, this, alien for lack of a better word and you know they got the idea of like he can regenerate they didn't want the show to air the, uh, the show to end because it was you know so popular that they came up with the idea that he could regenerate himself and become a different act you know a different have a different look so um he regenerated into patrick troughton who was sort of like this whimsical kind of you know um how do they, how do they always describe him like a um Space hobo kind of, you know, kind of guy, <laughs> you know, and, and each doctor had their own idiosyncrasies. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, you know, Troughton was, um, you know, was, uh, the doctor for a little bit. And then as they transitioned to color and so forth, then, uh, came John Pertwee, um, who was more like this dashing James Bond. Yeah. This like, like, when, yeah. When the Bond movies were really, you know, popular and, you know, he was this sort of James Bond dashing kind of, you know, with his white curly hair and his, you know, <laughs> so, and, and they you know, really introduced the master at this point, who was sort of like his arch nemesis and almost like his Blofeld, you know, in that respect. And, okay. you know, he had, you know, his little, um, gadgets. And even though the sonic screwdriver, which, so, you know, hate to break it to you, folks doctor who doesn't use phasers or guns or anything. right no, and no. Maybe once in a blue moon but it's not about the thing about doctor who was it's not about solving problems with you know i mean he'll throw a punch everyone john perley you know would get into punching matches every once in a while but uh it wasn't about using weapons to destroy people it was really about trying to solve problems universal problems in you know using your brain and using you know science and so forth um but, uh, you know, so you had this sort of dashing with, with John Pertwee and then he regenerated into Tom Baker, which is really right. the doctor that most people sort of know, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, long scarf, hat, curly yeah, hair, right. you know, big white smile teeth. And, <laughs> you know, Tom Baker was sort of like my doctor. Everybody sort of has their doctor. Tom mm. Baker was my doctor. He was the one who I was introduced to first, even though I did see you know what's really interesting for the longest time there was something that scared the crap out of me when i was a little kid and it was actually from a john pertwee episode from the solarians mm. i never knew it until i saw the solarians when they showed the john pertwee one i'm like that's the thing that has been haunting <laughs> me for years i never knew it was Dr. <laughs> but from my point of view it was it was tom baker was my you know first doctor and um so Tom Baker was uh, uh, the longest running Doctor Who. He really, right. that's really where it crossed over, um, you know, especially with American audiences. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then, definitely. Uh, and then, you know, Tom Baker. So after his tenure as the Doctor, um, he uh, uh, regenerated into Peter Davison, who is the one oh, who was right. the, the cricket uniform. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And I really like Peter Davison a lot. He's, he's really like, um, he was like the youngest doctor at the time. And he had a bunch of, it was like he had three companions with him. And, um, and then so Peter was it for a while. And then, uh, he trend, he transformed, he regenerated into Colin Baker. Uh, no, uh, no relation to Tom Baker. And Colin Baker is the one who has the whimsical, like, um, you know, multicolored jackets. Jackets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
But the thing yeah. with Collins, Doctor, is Collins was very, like, erratic. Like, there was something that sort of gone wrong a little bit with the regeneration, and he was, like, having fits, and he would be a little more ornery, sort of like uh, William Hartnell was. You know, mm-hmm. the sort of, like, crotchety. Even though he was younger, he, you know, sort of, like, had his, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, and then he ultimately uh, regenerated into Sylvester McCoy, um, and that's when, you know, that lasted for a couple of seasons. And that's when Doctor Who got, as we call it, the wilderness years, you know, not like officially canceled, but sort of, sort of put on hold for a while. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and, you know, that was, so there was what they called, like I said, the wilderness years. And this is where Doctor Who was really kept alive by the fans, sort of like Star Trek. Star Trek, right? mm-hmm. Star Trek conventions. It was sort of a similar thing. And there was a lot of like fan fiction, but then there was all a lot of Doctor Who books. In mm. adventures, and that's what sort of kept Doctor Who alive. So, how many it, how many seasons were there in the classics? I, th- I thought there were like twenty really, seven. Really, I heard like twenty eight, like, twenty seven, twenty eight. I should know that. Like, I'm just but, but I just embarrassed myself to like. <laughs> I so, don't deserve all this. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it was a lot. It was a lot of. There was oh, yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of the, the Who before yeah. it was. You know, in the wilderness years. Yeah, yeah. So it went yeah. from it went from now, like we had three years of Star Trek, and it was yeah. nothing. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it went from you know 1963 to I think 89. Was okay, okay, that makes sense to me now. Part. Yeah. Um, and there was times where like seasons were either truncated or it waited longer for seasons. So, um, but so then it was gone for a while, and then Fox. Um, had um, talked to the BBC about reviving it. You know, Fox had talked about... There was a time when um, um, Steven Spielberg was trying to do a Doctor Who movie. He was going to oh. do, like, a movie. No, that would have um, been and, interesting. Yeah, it was great. I got to see, mm-hmm. like, production design from it, which was really cool. Oh, you did? Um, yeah, so that was, like, during... Because I remember I was... When was when was that? Because it was... And like it was in like the nineties, like I think it was like ninety one or something like that. They just couldn't get it off the ground. Yeah. But it was Spielberg who was gonna, you know, um he was either producing it or I don't think he was gonna direct it, but I think he was producing it. Mm. And it was weird. The Daleks were kind of odd. They actually could open up and stuff like that. And there was Cybermen sort of, but they were more like they looked almost aboriginal like in some respect mm. it was okay. very interesting the designs i saw the designs i i met the design i actually worked with the designer and he showed me a lot of the designs for it um but then um in like 90 the well, was like 95 96 you know they brought back fox they made a deal with fox um to do a doctor who tv movie that was supposed to serve as a backdoor pilot you know with fox oh, okay and and, and they filmed it up in Vancouver, and it was an American slash, um, you know, BBC, you know, production. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, that was with Paul McGann. And um, and Philip Siegel was a producer, you know, producer of it. And, um, uh, you know, they did this, I remember, like, oh, boy, I actually got to go to the um, premiere of it at the Directors Guild when I was with the Sci-Fi oh. Academy, and uh, they brought me, and I went with Eric Wallace. Eric Wallace, you know, the okay, producer of cool. Crash, and, you know, like, um, and Eric, you know, because Eric's a huge Doctor Who fan, and um, so we got to go to the the premiere of that, which was crazy, you know, which is crazy, given that, you know, I was wound up, you know, with the, the TARDIS console from it years later, <laughs> but it, it, you know, it yes, aired on Fox, it did well, but not good enough. That the numbers, the, the numbers, to sort of justify bringing it back. 
hmm. which was real shame because I really liked it. You know, they changed some things, but and you know, the doctor was now half human, and that hmm. was. And he kissed the girl. Oh God! Ah! How dare he kiss no. Daphne? <laughs> uh, anyway. So uh, you know. Um, so then, so that was in '96, and then you know it went away again for a while. Still kept alive by conventions right. and finish and audio and stuff like that. And then in 2005, 2005, uh, it was officially brought back by the BBC um, um, with. Uh, Christopher Eccleston as the doctor. Um, and he had, we don't see the regeneration from Paul McGann to, you know, Eccleston, but it's understood that, you know, that's what happened. And uh, this is with Russell T. Davis brought it back. And, you know, that's now we're in the modern who. Modern you know? who. Yeah. Okay. And it's, and, you know, like I always, when people ask me like, Hey, I'm interested in getting into doctor. Who, where should I start? I really think that is probably the the best starting off point. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see now. You know what I mean? But what, what's going to happen with the new stuff? Right. But it's a good, but because it's it's much more modern sensibilities. It's not like look, I'd be lying if I said that Doctor Who can be challenging for some people. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because you know, you know, we always talk about cardboard sets and stuff like that. I mean, like Doctor Who was a low was not. You know, it it, it what didn't have a high budget like Star Trek. No. You know? The special effects were really just kind of like, you know, Ooh, hey, it's hopeless. yeah, it <laughs> but it was more of the storytelling that right. has gotten me. You know what I mean? Right. And right. I mean, they they really talked about a lot of like, and people would die on the show, and you know, I mean, it would be it was very emotional. It was right. Very- <laughs> I remember, was- like, when I first started watching it um, as a as a teenager. And just being like, oh my god, like this stuff is like, this is so bad. It's so bad because it was so. But then getting stuck, like I mean, because the thing wasn't, it wasn't the acting that was bad. It wasn't the writing that was bad. I mean, like it was just, like it was like you said, it was really low budget, and it you just weren't used to. We weren't used to looking at stuff like yeah. that. But then you got stuck in the story. Yeah, you know, and. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're watching it all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'll tell you, like, Tom Baker, look, Tom Baker is definitely the end to classic Doctor Who. You know what I mean? Like, if, yeah. you're, if you're interested, like, if you're a fan of, of the, you know, the the current iter- iter- iterations and, and the, you know, the, the new Who, um, I think dipping your toe in with Tom Baker is probably a good idea because especially the producer at the time, Philip Hinchcliffe, um, he was very influenced by Hammer. So a lot of the Doctor Who along those like first couple of seasons of, of Tom Baker, because then like Douglas Adams took over. You know what I mean? Which was, you know, Douglas Adams was, um, you know, from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. As a producer on it. So it, it sort of got a little silly a little bit at, at some mm-hmm. point. Oh, okay. But, um, but the, the, those first couple of seasons of, of Tom Baker are really terrific. Like they just, they, they got it right. You know what I mean? Yeah, they got it right. There's great stories. A lot of it's sort of horror. Um, and that's what really like, you know, sucked me in. And you could really see that influence on, on the new, you know, on new who and so forth. So but I like that. I like some of that silliness though, too. I think that's something that's <laughs> kind of unique to the Doctor Who franchise is that there's a healthy balance of silly and seriousness, you know, yes. that makes it really endearing. It's like, it's a lot of times they just hit the right balance. 
Yeah. You know, yes. yes. So there's a yeah. lot of whimsy and, and, <laughs> you know, and, and dealing with some heavy things a lot of times, yeah. but you know, like sci-fi can get so heavy sometimes, you know, yeah. just like, can we laugh at all a little bit yeah. at ourselves just a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, did a good, it did a really good job of that, of, of balancing it and then really hitting home. And Star Trek was good at this too, like for those serious, you know, serious things. And, you know, you really do start caring about these characters and, Absolutely. you know, it, so mm-hmm. in that, so, you know, I'm, I'm this um, book, I wrote this essay for this Companions of Doctor Who uh, book that's coming out in April. And um, I, you got, I got to choose the companion I wanted to talk about. And I chose Sarah Jane Smith. And Sarah Jane Smith was Tom Baker's first companion. She was a holdover from, she joined the TARDIS crew with uh, John Pertwee in his last couple of episodes. She came on in a story called The Time, uh, the Time Warrior that uh, introduced the Sotarans. And um, she was, yeah, she was this sort of, this was in the seventies. So it was right when women's lib was really, you know, like, and, you know, um, and, and she was this companion who was a, um, you know, reporter and, you know, she finds out about the doctor and she works for a unit and, and stuff like that. And she was really like, you know, you know, really women aren't to be saved all the time. She can, you know, right. she had a lot of gumption. And um, I just really loved her as a companion. I mean, she really just, I mean, she really is my favorite. I mean, she's my favorite companion. She always has been my favorite companion. I do like Rose Tyler a lot, um, you know, and, and, you know, some other ones, but, but there was just something about her. So I chose her as my companion to write an essay about. And, but I remember when she left, it was really emotional. Yeah. Because she, you know, it, it was, um, you know, this, this story, um, where at the, at the end, um, she's sort of upset, you know, uh, the hand of fear was, was the, was this episode. And she was sort of upset with the doctor felt that he wasn't really taking her seriously. And she, you know, grabs all her stuff and she's like, I want to go home. Like, she's like, she doesn't really mean it, right? You know, she doesn't really mean it, but she's like, I want to go home. And, but little did she know is right before she decided to do this, he got a special message from Gallifrey that he needed to go back to Gallifrey and he couldn't take her with him. Oh, no. You know what I mean? And, you know, and so she comes in and, you know, she's just trying to be, you know, just trying to put him in his place. And he's like, I have to take you home. Mm. And you realize, I'm even getting like upset when I like, because I can feel <laughs> like it, because it broke my heart when I saw it. As a, yeah. as a, because, you know, I loved her so much. You know what I mean? And she's like, and I knew she wasn't serious. Right. You know I mean? Right. And he goes, and, you know, he says, I have to take you home. And she's like, you can tell that, she doesn't really want that, but there's no choice. Right. Yeah. Right. So, you you're know, really going home. <laughs> yeah. You're going home. Right. You know, there's this really beautiful moment between them. It's so real. You know what I mean? That's the thing is like, you know, when I grew up, people didn't understand Doctor Who. When I, when I went to school, like people teased me for being into Doctor Who. I was literally. Oh, yeah. yeah I believe that. Oh yeah, no, I got teased for being into Doctor Who with real geek, and you know there was only like a couple of people who actually even watched it in my high school, um, and um, you know I remember just being so emotional, and it was so truthful and so like beautiful, this beautiful moment, mm-hmm. and it really stuck with me. I mean, it really did for the longest time, and I was so wonderful when they brought her back. You know, like they brought her back for like the 
five doctors, but Tom Baker wouldn't do that. So they, they paired her with John Pertwee and, um, you know, so we got to see Sarah Jane for a little bit. And then there was like the canine, you know, there was a canine company. It was like this special they did, but when they brought her back into the modern era of Doctor Who, that was amazing. Like it was just, amazing. <laughs> it showed the respect for the past. Yeah. And, People know how much she was such a great companion. You know what I mean? Like, and she was, you know, uh, she just, you know, in, in just bringing her back in and then giving her her own show, it, it was just, you know, wonderful. And then, you yeah. know, she passed away, um, you know, and I was lucky I got to meet her, which was oh. really wonderful. There was, um, uh, at one of the Doctor Who uh, stores, they had a signing with her. And uh, I got to meet her. And That's it was, cool. I have a really beautiful picture of me with her. Wow. So to be able to write that essay, I wrote oh, it with yeah. so much love and so much. It, it was, it, I could feel the emotions. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, right. I, I understand. Reliving those those feelings and talking about when they brought her back. And, you know, and, you know, you guys know as Star Trek fans, there are things that really, they dig in. Yeah. You know, they We're still in. not over Jadzia. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> to this day, yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. and 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 that's the thing. It's like those emotions to me are, are still real to this yep. day too, with Sarah leaving. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and it was um, because for me that that, that was the team. You can't break yeah, up this. Right, team. Right, this right. was the team, and I like her, and she's cool. I think she was like my first crush. I think you know, yeah. what I mean? <laughs> you know, because she's so spunky and cool, and she was like, you know, I sort of say this sort of in in, in the essays because my mother. I, you know, my mother's great, and she was, like, the, the mayor of our town. You know what I mean? So I grew up with a very, like, you know, uh, a great role model, you know, mm-hmm. you know, for a mother and stuff like that. And I think, you know, I even say, I even talk about that in my essay, that it's, like, Sarah was, like, in my mom in some ways. You know what I mean? Like, it's strong. Okay. My mom was involved yes. in the League of Women Voters, and that's what, like, Sarah Jane was really involved with, like, women's rights and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was so, I think... You know, that was, you know, because I was probably really young at the time when I was, you know, 12 or 13 when I started watching Doctor Who, you know, so maybe even younger. Um, So, oh, yeah, of course I was young. I was like five. I was like really young. Actually, no, I was like, yeah, really young when I started watching Doctor Who. Um, So I think that had a, you know, imprinted on me too. You know what I mean? Yeah, the companions always get me because, uh, you know, I – dallying around looking at it. I haven't watched all of the classic stuff, but I kind of always want to see the episodes where they regenerate. And it's always so horrible. You know, yeah. the poor companion and I'm like, this show is tearing me up and I don't even know. I didn't even watch the whole season. I'm just watching this last part. But, uh, you know, I, yeah, Rose, I, I, Tyler, I Rose Tyler was the, Oh first. my God, that one yeah. just, broke yeah. Heartbreaking. You're in a heartbreak. I mean, like yeah. she really comes close to like, you know, to because she was such an interesting character and it was really, you know, when they brought Doctor Who back, they almost kind of brought it back from her perspective. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was I think way- that's why I really got into it uh, again, like because it was really interesting. It was her perspective, which is our perspective. Uh, you yeah. know, it's the yeah. audience perspective. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. It, yeah, and this excitement about you know that that final scene where you know okay, I'm going to get ulterior idea where you know, <laughs> like come and join me on my adventures. I mean, wouldn't that be the most amazing thing? I mean, if the you know if the Enterprise pulled up to Earth and said, mm-hmm. hey. You know, ladies, jump in the train. You know, right. transport. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that would be, you know, because we, 
we know this is, you know, we know this is science fiction and we know it's just fantasy and it's not real, but could you imagine if this was real? You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. And could you imagine traveling in time and space? You could go anywhere. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and you know, it's infinite. And, and, you know, uh, I think that's what really captured my imagination. You know, I was obviously a Star Trek fan, but nowhere near as, you know, Doctor Who, like for mm-hmm. me, world like that was that was my jam (laughs) (laughs) it really was i want to bring us up to what's happening what's going to happen so right now the reason why we're really 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 getting excited is because we have this big 60th anniversary and bbc has just Mm -hmm. been unloading promos so that i I mean i'm just really i can't wait to see this so they have brought back all right here we go they brought back the tenth Doctor Who. Like, what? Yeah. What is going on? We, uh, Jody, yeah, the female Doctor Who. She was number thirteen. Yep. And now we're going back to David, yeah. who I love. Yeah. What's What's going on, Paul? Oh, I'll tell you. This, the reason why they're doing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Paul. You're sure. hanging out with people. You got people coming to the house. What do you mean you don't know? You, somebody called you and told you something. Holy crap. <laughs> you, know, you know, I saw the things that, you know, Shudi Gawa is going to be, you know, the new, you know, Doctor Who. And then all of a sudden we get David Tennant back. Right. Just one of the best Doctor Who's. You know what I mean? Like, just seriously. That's the other one I know. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and David, like, David definitely responds, you know, responsible for absolutely for bringing in new fans. I mean, like, yeah. no no disrespect to Chris Eccleston at all. Like, he was no. great. No, he was great. I loved him, too. But, you know, he he kind of just, hey, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back for him and do one season. And, you know, because Chris was doing really well with, you know, with films and stuff like that. And so they were able to use some of his star power, you know, to really, you know, bring some attention back to the show. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as soon as David Tennant came on board, you know, it just hit the ground running. And he was, you know, I guess he was sort of like the nice, you know, romantic lead that, you know, that attracted a lot of people because he, you know, he's a good looking guy. And, right. you know, it's like, wow, it's kind of this dashing, you know, this dashing Doctor Who that was very relatable. And then with Rose Tyler, it was this, you know, yeah, really, yeah. you know, they were, they were good. Great command, you know, like for the guys, you know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah, but like women liked her a lot too because she didn't take any mess, like, she took no shit, yeah, yeah, and you know, like, and I was like, oh, I like her, yeah, yeah, she really stood toe to toe. She was like, no, and you know what. We, we talked about how they sort of like tested the waters with, you know, that kiss between, you know, the eighth doctor and, and, um, you know, and, and Daphne there. Um, but, you know, you really felt, you felt like there was like this sort of blossoming love affair. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But, yes. You, you were really, waiting. I mean, that was the palpable. whole anticipation was like, yeah, come on. Yeah. Very and, palpable. And, and I did, you know, it's so funny, you know, like, look, Everybody's going to have their opinions. The same thing with Star Trek. You know what I mean? People are going to like certain things. They're not going to like certain things. They're going to like certain mm-hmm. like, people they bring in and not, or this captain or that guy, whatever. You know what I mean? It's Everybody's going to have their opinion. I always give it the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? It's like, um, you know, it's like, all right, every time a new job, like I remember, you know, when, when David Tennant was going to, you know, going to leave and I saw this new guy coming in and I'm like, that's not Doctor Who. And then the minute he's like on, it's like, all right, that's the Doctor. You know what I mean? Even, um, um, you know, even with Jody, look, I will, look, here's the thing. (laughs) 
Did I want a a female doctor? No, I really kind of didn't because I really felt there needed to be at least that. I, I don't know. Like to me, the doctor was always male. You know what I mean? It was just it wasn't. It's not like a sexist thing. It's not. Trust me. It's like I have no problem with that at all. So I was really like you know concerned. Am I going to be able to accept Jody as the doctor? Because I like her as an actress very much. Mm-hmm. Like her as an actress. Um, and you know, and I got to be honest. Like once she started being like. Buy her as a doctor. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, and, and I, I, you know, it's like, do I like the fact that they changed the genders? I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, and it's, it's for no reason at all. I mean, like honestly, it's it's just, you know, just I don't know. It was just something that, but I totally accepted her as a doctor. Yeah, totally yeah. accepted. Her. You know what I mean? And I really liked her as the doctor. I thought she was very interesting. You know what I mean? So, you know, I mean, that's the thing is that it does, you know, it, it does. Some doctors are a little bit more challenging than other ones, but they all are the doctor. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, you know, just give, give him a chance. You know, Peter Capaldi, I didn't know if I was, you know, going to, you know, like him as a doctor. And yeah, I really, you know, got into him. As the, yeah. So it's like, so that's the thing is, is, I think they've done a really good job of the consistency of like the the storytelling. Some seasons are better than others. Some stories are better than others. Not all of them are gonna you know hit, but you know I'll tell you. I mean, because there are certain episodes or stories that I love. That's like classic stuff. I mean, Genesis of the Daleks from Tom Baker is still to me like the greatest <laughs> one. But I'll tell you, Blink the you know the David Tennant one that Stephen Moffat wrote. That's if anybody's like, okay, I'm just going to watch one Doctor Who. Which one will I watch? Watch Blink. Blink. Okay. All right, everybody. Know, uh, yeah, with um, um, uh, Carrie Mulligan, you know, um, is is in that episode. Oh, there. I know which one you're talking about then. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that's the one with the, you know, the weeping angels and stuff like that. Wait, 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 wait. That is just. I've seen clips. I've seen clips. I know which it's, one you're talking it's, about. It's, it's phenomenal. Like, it really is like potentially the best Doctor Who story. You know what I mean? It's just everything about it is just brilliant. Mm. I mean, Stephen Moffat wrote it. It's really just great. You know what I mean? And, you know, but it's formatted a little differently because we're following, you know, Carrie Mulligan. You know what mm. I mean? Right. Uh-huh. So, um, but just a, that's a great introductory episode for a modern who just because it, it is so just perfect. So now we have the 60th anniversary shows coming up. So we've got mm. three. Movies, right? Three, three uh, episodes. Yeah, I mean, episodes are they're movies. They're movies. They're, they're, they're movies. movies. Yeah, they're they're like I think they're about an hour and a half, hour mm-hmm. and forty five minutes. Mm-hmm. I, I know it's not like, but is it just three? I, I it's like I'm. It's not, th- I heard three. It's three. Okay. And okay. David Tennant is going. Well, to... Well, at least that's what has been released everywhere. Like it looked like it was. Yeah, right, three. right, right, mm-hmm. right. right. So, I know I should know this better, but it's like. I got this. I got this. I want to watch them. You know what I mean? I've been, I've been, I'm telling you, I have been like just watching like the BBC promos and I'm like, okay. And and the the trailers are really great because they showed, you know, David Tennant coming back. And I was like, wait a minute. I I don't know who that much, but I know that's not number. He wasn't, he's like back in like 10. So, uh, so there he is, comes back and, um, at the end of the trailer, I love, though, his new, I love his new costume too. Like his oh new, yeah, 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 it's really great. Really looks cool. But at the end of the trailer, they have shooty, shooty. Yeah. Is at the end of the trailer, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, what are you trying yeah. to tell me? What are you trying to yeah. tell me? Yeah. So they're calling this the bridge, Doctor Who. Yeah. yeah. That basically, 
I, I heard, this is what I read. They were waiting for Shruti to finish. He was doing Barbie. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he was, he was Barbie. doing Barbie, yeah. and yeah. they couldn't get him to come back and shoot the scenes that they needed for the 60th. So they either had to go without doing the 60th or do the 60th with somebody else. And then they, so they were like at a, at a, at wow. a impasse there. So David Tennant came in so they could shoot the 60th. They said they'll use it as a bridge and then shoot these. They've already, uh, they're filming with shooting. Shooty's already doing yeah, they're season already filming, two. Yeah, they're, filming. they're doing season two now. So, oh my God. And I saw pictures of, of, of shooting with a, with a big afro looking like. Oh, yeah, Carnaby, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carnaby uh, Street. I'm like, I, oh, I can't. come on. I can't his, wait. His, his, companion's, British. his companion's not too hard on the eyes either. Right? No, right? no. I cannot <laughs> wait to see this. So there's a look on his face at the end of the trailer that's just sort of like, okay, what is going on here? So I cannot wait to see how I they're going to wrap this up. Yeah, I, I'm just Look, I'm going on for the ride, too, where it's like, look, yes, could I probably find out a lot of inside information? Probably. (laughs) It's like, but I don't want to. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I I mean, it it ruins the experience sometimes, uh, you know, and you just want to experience it for the first time with nobody else's notions or ideas or thoughts about it or opinions, like coloring your experience. Yeah. yeah. Like one of my, what's really funny is I, I actually got to go to a, um, a press screening of the Marvels uh, the other night, right? Ooh. One of my students, like she has her Captain Marvel bag and she's like a huge fan, like completely jealous that, you know, I, I uh, was going to see it like days before it was opening. But like in class today, you know, she's like, I don't want to hear anything. Like nothing. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. it's great. I don't want to hear anything. Nothing like that. And I'm like, all right, I respect that. A hundred percent. I will not say anything. I will, you know, not, you know, not say anything about it, but which is funny. reminds me of like when Endgame was coming out, one of my students was going to see it the day before I was, and I was seeing it like the opening day or whatever, like yeah. midnight show. Like, and I told him, I'm like, no joke. Mm-hmm. You say anything. You're getting an F in my class. And I, <laughs> I think I'm joking. I didn't wait fucking ten years and twenty come on movies for you to spoil it the day right? before I'm seeing it in IMAX. Exactly, <laughs> take you down. So, understand, you will be getting an F, and I will fight that with if I have to. With you. <laughs> Bring me to the D. Go ahead. So I, I respect, I respect that a lot, and that's the thing. It's like you know. It's for me, it's like, you're talking about my favorite show. It's like, why would I want to spoil it? You know what I mean? Like, why would would I I want to see, you know, like, Frasier is like one of, Frasier Hines, who, you know, played Jamie with, uh, you know, with Patrick Troughton, you know, he's the Scottish one with a kill, right? Uh, (laughs) He's just one of my really close friends. Like, I, I don't, like... You know, he was just did like they did some things where they brought back old companions with the doctor and the TARDIS. And it's like, I didn't know he was like, you know, I I could have found out maybe, you know what I mean? You know, but um, he shouldn't have told me even if he would have told me. (laughs) You know, but I didn't know about it. And it was so exciting, you know, to see that, oh my God. Frasier's back, Jamie's back, you know what I mean? And I got had that excitement, you know what I mean? It's like, even if he could have told me, I'm glad he, you know, I didn't know about it. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? right. That that that's exciting for me. It's like yeah. I, I clearly I love this stuff. You know what I, mean? like, <laughs> well, I, I always stuff. had I always had like the thing like you know when we do shows about uh, different Star Trek 
series and stuff. And like, I've been on a couple of other people's shows and they're like, okay, give us your predictions of what you think is going to happen in the next episode. I hate that so much. I'm like, I I cannot tell you how much I hate, do I hate being a part of it? I hate hearing it. I mean, and no disrespect to my friends' shows who do that. I mean, like a lot of people love it. I mean, that's how they engage with the show. It's like they're they're excited and they want to know what's going coming next, and their gears are turning, right? Mm-hmm. The gears in your brain are turning, and you're like, oh, okay, what if it's this? What if it's that? For me, I like to go on the ride. You know, I trust my storytellers, and I'm there for the ride. And you just take me to someplace new, and I don't. I don't need to forecast where we're going. I just yes. go with you and it'll yeah. be experience it. And that's it. Like that's, I'm letting, to me, I want to let the storyteller do their job. I could not agree with that more. <laughs> How will I get, you know what I mean? It's like, I mean, that's the thing is I love the fact that I'm not like some jaded asshole. You know what I mean? Like, right. who's a little bit, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm still excited about it. Like, you know, like I was excited to see the Marvels, even though I know it's not getting great reviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was like, I was still excited to see it because I was seeing a new Marvel movie. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and right. they haven't really let me down uh, only a couple of times. And that wasn't so awful. You know what I mean? And it's like, <laughs> I love that I'm still a kid at heart. You know what I mean? And, you know, I can enjoy this stuff and experience it, you know, and because I will be there. I can't wait for them to show, you know, to show this, you know what I mean? Like, I can't wait to watch these. I will be watching it the minute I can watch this, right. you know, because yeah. it's, it's exciting. You yeah. know what I mean? Spe- exciting and- to see new stuff. And, 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 and speaking of like new stuff, like really excited for the 60th anniversary, but I'm super excited to see Shuti up there. Yeah, I'm curious. And, and because the thing is like, why wouldn't the doctor be a, a non-white man? You know, oh, yeah. like, you know, yeah. like, I mean, it's like, They've got like, otherwise, how are these, how is the species like reproducing at all? It's like a cue. It's like a cue in Star Trek. Like, why does a cue need to be a white man? They don't. They're, 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 you know, anyway. So I'm really excited for it, you know, because it's, I think it's so important for people to be able to see themselves, you know? And, and I've seen some of his different, you know, the costumes he's wearing. Oh, yeah. Look interesting. And like, you know, it was always weird because it's like I I, I watched a, like I didn't know who he was as an you know as an actor, so I watched some like things on him, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this guy's interesting. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like this yeah. is gonna be this is gonna be an interesting take on it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like so, I'm yeah, I'm looking to see what he he brings to it because look, I mean, it is. I mean, that was the thing is like I still went with Jody. You know what I mean? It's like all right, you know, it wasn't me being like, oh, just got you. It's like all right, all right. You haven't really let me down before, so it's like you know, let's just let's just go with it and see. Because you know, like you said, just wait a couple of years and we'll be different. Another generation. I am interested to see Disney's hand in this because now you were talking about the budgets, and yes. so they're coming in here with I'm sure a truckload of money for you know the new. Season yeah, one. Keep in mind, it's still BBC. You know what I mean? So yes, it is. Still in control. Oh, so they will just be doing the distribution. Disney. That's I what's going think on. It's like, well, here's something funny. I actually had a meeting at Disney Plus uh, Ooh, right after know. they announced. Right after they announced it, right? And I'm meeting with this executive, and I'm like, "Hey, 
uh, before we get into what we're talking about, I'm just going to be upfront with you that, you know, and I showed him the TARDIS console, I showed him my Dalek, you know what I mean? It's like, um, don't suppose you're involved with Doctor Who, are you? And he's like, <laughs> actually, he goes, actually, I was. He goes, I left, but I was. I was like one of the executives when we, when it was first brought in. I'm like, okay, oh. so this is what you need to do. You need to get back on Doctor Who, and then you mm-hmm. need to me to write some episodes. Right? <laughs> yeah, he goes, you know, even if I was to do that, he goes, the odds of them letting an American write an episode are pretty slim to none. So go get your own some. And I'm like, I, I had to ask. Yeah. Right? Come on now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's always a first time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, <laughs> trust me, you know, you know, I, I have a standing thing with my with my manager, you know, and my agent and stuff like that, where I always go like, you know, I just want you to know, most of the things I'm doing is just so one day I can write a Doctor Who episode, you know, big enough to, you know, so, you know, I like the fact that I won a Saturn Award. I think that's going to help, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Hey, you know, many Brits I, that have come over and have played American parts here. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why they can't reciprocate because yeah, yeah, exactly. listen, thank you. So it's Martin like, Luther King is played by a Brit. Um, I, I mean, come was, on now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you so need I mean, to do like, something for me. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like, the thing is, it's like part of my whole plan is just so I can, but you know, it's good because, like, like I said, I did an audio adventure, I did a, you know, a Doctor Who comic book. I know you who. But, you know, been in books and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So it's like, this is living out my childhood fantasy. You know what I mean? Like, clearly behind me. You know what I mean? It's like... I'm sure you could, I'm sure you could adjust the dialogue so that it would sound British. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, by the way, I was, like, when I wrote that that um, audio adventure, like, it's like, be careful what you wish for. And then oh, and oh. I did, a, you know, I did a... Um, I asked him, like, can I do a Tom Baker, Sarah Jane story? Because that would be the thing, the thing I would feel most comfortable with. Mm-hmm. But it was like the terror of like, oh crap, I now need to write their dialogue. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have a lot of, you know, a lot of responsibility here that, you know, it didn't, you know, like I got what I, I got that brass ring, but I'm like, mm-hmm. what, you know, <laughs> what now I'm going to do with it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's so funny. Like my, my story. <laughs> My story, like, is, is um, part of it, almost like the, the subplot of it is the, you know, how he got the coat rack in the TARDIS. Because he used to have a coat rack. It is actually, not just like the origin story of the coat rack. The I, love of the coat rack. I love it. I love it. It's a story. I mean, that's not the story, but it's like... <laughs> It sort of dovetails with like that's how he he got the correct. So it's like you know they need you, Paul. They need you. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah, they don't yeah. know what so, they're missing. Uh, yeah, just so like every um, it's like every time we do a show. Every time, like we've done so many, we did one other <laughs> on Doctor Who. I feel like. um so energized it's just like okay i'm gonna go yeah. back and watch all this doctor who now and and i'm still so late like i did actually start watching from modern era um uh but i still have more you know like i mean i, I didn't even make it through that season and not because i didn't like it or anything it's because i I loved it but i mean, just had so much other stuff that i had to keep up on for this job here <laughs> you know? i was like i can't keep up but it's like now it's turned into because it fits really perfectly just like when i when i feel like i want to watch some trek but i'm tired of watching the same thing i've already seen a million gazillion times then I turn to Doctor Who, and and it and it 
scratches the, the that itch for me and it's and it's like and now it's becoming more of something that I, I that I'm doing more frequently like you know because I'm yeah. just really appreciating the show a lot a lot more you know and I'm saying you know and I and it and it's so cool and I get it like I mean it's just like if people come to Star Trek and they're like there's so much where do I start I don't even know you know and you just start somewhere <laughs> it doesn't matter <laughs> it'll start all somewhere. be there you know, it's all, you know, and that's the way I'm taking it. And now, you know, it's just, it's lovely. And I'm really glad that you could come on and, and share your enthusiasm about it. I mean, I think that's the thing that really gets me jazzed up is that we talk to people who love, when you talk to somebody who loves something so much, it gets you excited about it too. And you see it from their point of view. And now you just can't wait to go and, and try it on again. It was such comfort to me growing up because like I said, like I grew up in the sports community. I was like really misunderstood because I was sort of this horror sci-fi fan. And it, there was so, there was such comfort that Doctor Who provided in, you know, in my life. And I, you know, like I said, I watched Star Trek also, but it was just something about Doctor Who just made me feel like anything was possible. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, I had sort of this handle, you know, handle on it and how exciting would that be to travel in time and space? You know what I mean? You can go in infinite, you know, on these infinite adventures. And, you know, I think that's what I really, you know, loved about it. And, and I, you know, I, it's, it has never waned. I mean, it has never waned. I, 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 so appreciate it. And, and, and I mean, obviously, clearly, I keep on pointing to behind me, but it, it really, you know, I, I sit in my desk over there. So I see the TARDIS console. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it was like really awesome is I, they, I just rented out my Dalek and my, the console to, I don't know if you guys saw, but they just released the Magic the Gathering Doctor Who, um, yeah. set. You know, it's four different like sets of Doctor Who, you know, classic and modern Doctor Who. And they rented out, um, the TARDIS console. They actually had to get permission from the BBC, which was really interesting. <laughs> and they, they rented the TARDIS console and the, um, the Dalek, you know, from me. And, you know, I got to go on set with it. And this was just like oh, a month. Cool. This was like a month or two ago. And it's like, you know, it was not about the money. Mm-hmm. Because this is are you it's like are you fucking kidding me? Don't worry, we'll figure it out. Like I told the the art director <laughs> and the person, I'm like, we'll figure it out. You know, right. just just make sure my time's taken care of because I do, you know, I'm a professional and you know my time <laughs> is, is valuable to me. But I go, uh, if you think I'm not gonna be involved with this, I mean you'd be crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> I'd probably pay them, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's important. I mean, that's great. Magic the Gathering is now doing Doctor Who. I mean, how cool is that? Let me tell you something. When Doctor Who was on the cover of was it Entertainment Weekly, you yes. know what I mean? I remember that, and I was like, fuck you, everyone. So, yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> I told you. I told you. you know I mean? It's like, it went, when, when Doctor Who became a phenomenon, they brought it back, and it really became, like, especially when Tenet was, and it was, like, everywhere, and people right, yeah. knew about it, and, like, my kids' friends were dressing up like Doctor Who, and, like, you know what I mean? It's like, I told you! I told you! You know what I mean? And it's like, and I'd watch it with my kids. I was laughing like, at this donated kid watching yeah, PBS. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you, made me, you made fun of me for watching mm-hmm. the show, and now everybody ah. thinks it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> it's been on for 60 years. So yeah. so, I, think, I think like so many of us feel so vindicated, so many nerds. <laughs> right, we, right. We, we are truly vindicated in so many ways now. Yeah. Like, 
y'all made my life a miserable friggin' hell growing up because <laughs> I was a nerd and had like, and now look at your asses, boring yeah. old person. Running to see all kinds of superheroes and movie right? comic like, books. Uh, y'all are so behind. Yeah. <laughs> well, Paul, I know you got a, you got to run. So, you know, we just want to say thank you so much yes, for uh, spending some time with us. We really appreciate it. And, you know, we love talking to you. You know, we love you. Like you really had to twist my arm. Do you want to come back on and talk about Doctor Who? One of your favorite students. It's like, uh, yeah, come on. You know what I mean? Like, I literally, like, was, I was so excited about setting up my office to from to maximize, you know, like the the impact, moving stuff around, making sure the light was good. I'm testing a lot. I, I tested so much lighting, different, different lighting styles, and brought in different lighting for the last hour and a half because I wanted this. To look great for you because guys. you're a professional. <laughs> this is why yeah. you're my I'm mentor. Like, <laughs> I will oh, always yeah. be grasshopper. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> look, I'm really glad that you guys are like branching out and doing some Doctor Who, and, oh, yeah. and um, you know, I, I hope your 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 viewers who haven't really you know watched it will will check it out. And um, yeah, and like, hey, I'm on like Facebook. If you ever want to reach out to me, and like, I'm always happy to talk to Doctor Who fans. And you know, I show Doctor Who fans the TARDIS all the time, or I bring it to conventions. Like Gallifrey One is like the main you know one I go to. Um, and that's usually like in you know. January, February. Um, and, uh, yeah. And like I, last year, the Dr. Who convention, I, I interviewed Chris Chimnall on stage in the main wow. hall, you know, really amazing. So it's like, you know, the little boy is like, I'm interviewing the producer of Dr. Who in front of entire audience of people. I mean, so that's cool. incredible. That you is so cool. That's incredible. Bad like, boy makes good. It's <laughs> not. Yeah, it's not. Lo- it's not lost on me ever. Do you know what I mean? That I can't believe that the thing that really meant so much to me as a child and really did help me. You know what I mean? Like help yeah. me get through being at a school that was all into sports. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, in, in my movie Encounter, you know, there's Doctor Who references in there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There, there's all these Doctor Who references that I had to slip in there because, you know, it's sort of my thank you. You know what I mean? Right. It's thank right. you, to, you know, to, you know, you know, thank you for inspiring me. And, and you know, I, I just, yeah. I mean, you, you guys know because you're geeks. Yeah. Like, you're geeks you got like, that right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me on. Thank um, you. Oh, you know, we love you to pieces. <laughs> hey sabrina do you have yeah. the outro you want to tell people where they can find us and all that stuff i can do that yes and and, and comments about paul's love of doctor who and their own loves of doctor who etc you want to tell us all about how much you love paul but you can also <laughs> find us at sidebysisters.com that's s-y-f-y-s-i-s-t-a-s.com or join us on the mothership and the Sci-Fi Sisters Book Club, both on Facebook. On TikTok, Instagram, and Threads, we are Sci-Fi.Sisters. And we're also on the Twitter, now known as X, at <laughs> Sci-Fi Sisters. Become a patron of Sci-Fi Sisters today at patreon.com forward slash Sci-Fi Sisters. The Trek Geek Network's presenting sponsor is Fansets. Go to fansets.com for pins and memorabilia for all from all your favorite franchises visit fansets.com and use trek geeks all caps that's trek geeks 
all caps, for an exclusive 10% discount. After listening to this podcast, please rate us and leave a review. We just might read it on an upcoming episode. And so we want to shout out to the baddest engineer. Mia, you want to take that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, thanks. I was like, oh, she's doing my part. That's cool. I'm just going to sit back and chill. Yeah, we of course we got to shout out the baddest engineer in any and all universes. That's Dose the Anonymous One. He's responsible for all the music you hear on this show, as well as our production services. So if you need him, hit him up on Instagram, Dose underscore the anonymous underscore one. And we love you. Oh, here's your theme song, Dose. Okay, I forgot I missed your theme song. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. We love you too, Paul. Peace, love, and hair grease. Bye. (laughs) Hey, everybody. It's Sister Tamia here with the shortest shout outs for this month. The Sci Fi Sisters would like to thank LJ, Tara Jefferson, Holly Smith. Bernadette Garcia Galvez, Rhonda G, Kendra Stranad, Rita Persant Nethersall, Marcus Bigham, Mark Richmond, Bill Erickson, Zakia Graham, Linda Anderag, Travis Taylor, Jeffrey Cochran, Olda Klein, Peter Heisler, Olga Kravchuk, TJ Jackson Bay, Liza Albright, Kaylee Zawacki, Sam Druk Dickinson, Stephanie Baker, Sailor Marge, Stephanie Dole, Starbase Centaur 4210 Productions, Jamal Taylor, Scott Jensen, Ann Bradley, J.R. Poole, Howard Hogan, L.M., The Chief Ernesto Castagna, Timothy Baum, Dave A. Gregory, Eve England, Dafid Balston, Karen Dramera, Sue K., Anne Marie, Mohammed Noor, Susan V. Gruner, and Anna Post. Thank you all so much for your contributions. We love y'all. Peace, love, and hair grease. <laughs>